Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Welcome along. It is the Cricket Badger podcast. The eagle-eyed amongst you will know that we haven't been doing the IPL dailies as we have done in previous IPLs through this competition. It's been quite a long one. I've had other things to do, but I've been paying attention as the IPL has been going on. And I'm pleased to say I am joined today right from India by uh, Merv. How are you, Merv? It's an honour to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm very good, thank you, mate. And I watched the final yesterday. Gujarat Titans, congratulations to Hardik Pandya and to the uh, new franchise in the IPL who lifted the crown. Plenty of excited faces. We'll get into talking about all the Gujarat Titans later on today. Um, but before we um, go too far into this one, I, I've kind of moaned a little bit during this IPL move that it's been going on quite a long time. As far as I can see, and I, I get pelters from India when I say this because people say we'll look after our own competition and, and, and quite rightly you can do but um, my take on T20 was that it was bite size it was fast it was furious it was fun it was razzmatazz you played your games quickly and you played your tournaments relatively quickly and you had the quick hit an instant fix of excitement this IPL uh, to me seems to have gone on for quite some time it is nine weeks is a really long time, to be honest. Um, and we've got two new teams coming in. And I think that's uh, also played a part in this. I, I would believe, uh, personally, I would think that they would need to go with a semi-final, final sort of an approach instead of playing the regular qualifiers. Although it's an exciting uh, format and, and that's been the concept when the eight-team IPL was uh, going on. But I guess they should come back to that uh, top four playing, uh, you know, the semi-final format where the winner plays the final directly. That could probably save probably half a week. But I guess um, won't have much of difference going forward next season given everything is fine. Uh, COVID protocols are absolutely uh, in place. We might have a home and away situation. So that could be uh, an additional taxing uh, things for the players, for the uh, for the entire support staff who's in the bio bubble to have this home and away 10 teams going, traveling back and forth. So that's going to be another challenge. So they need to figure out something. But I think about eight to nine weeks, I, I would see it repeating next year, unfortunately, in terms of the length. I quite like the qualifiers, I must say. I, I do quite like the fact that the teams that finish top two get kind of double hit as a chance to get through as a reward for their success in the group stages to get a double chance to get into the final. I just felt that, I mean, I know what you're saying about COVID and what have you, but I just felt there was maybe the potential for more double headers in, in, in on some days because it was very much all the way through, apart from it towards the weekends, very much one game per day. And you could have condensed it a little bit more that I mean, one of the things that I think has caused a few people concern um, in England is the the rumours or the kind of that it might be stretching to six months of the year. I mean, that that is overkill, surely, isn't it? Absolutely. 
that will be definitely overkill you know um, the there is a sense of excitement there's a sense of you know uh, looking forward to the ipl and and it and it works brilliantly well when it's in this uh, once in a year uh 6 weeks to 8 weeks sort of a window you know uh, even even the last time around when the ipl had to be broken down into the 6 month gap between india and uae because of all the uh, covid related issues it was a situation where uh, 2021 ended in october while the new ipl started in uh, less than 5 months you know after the auctions etc so uh, that gap at least gave a bit of a excitement and something to look forward to with the two new teams mega auction all of those things but 6 months definitely Definitely, for sure, it'll be an overkill. Six months as well has knock-on effects to the rest of world cricket too. As you know, if you want your stars for six months, you're effectively denying the countries those stars for six months too. I just don't see don't see how it can work. I can understand from the Indian side of things. Indian fans love the IPL. But you've got to think about the bigger picture to a degree, and as I said, I think uh, one of the charms of uh, of IPL is the the fact that it's quick, it's fast, it's furious, and you find the winner pretty quickly. So um, that's that's a good thing for me, rather than stretching it out too long. I think in England, probably more re- relevant. I think the Big Bash has tried to mimic the IPL to some degree in terms of the structure and the length, and I think it's lost a lot of impetus because of that, because people do lose interest in it and get a little bit bored and kind of dip in, dip out. Where you want to feel, you want to get people immersed into the uh, into the competition. You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Let's get into having a look back then over the last nine weeks and a day, I think it was, or two days now since it all started. And we obviously had the 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 mega auction. We had um, a lot of people changing shirts. You know, existing stars going to other franchises, and the two new franchises in the Gujarat Titans and the Look Now Super Giants coming into the competition to make it a ten-team tournament, which was exciting. Um, and obviously, you know, the auction brought in some fresh faces as well. The two most successful teams, though, Merv, in in IPL history, CSK. Um, MSD side and obviously the Mumbai Indians, which is actually my team um, that I follow mostly in the IPL, were always kind of billed at the start of it as being the favourites because of the history. But obviously with the fresh faces and the new personnel and the uncertainty about how teams were going to kind of hit the ground and how they were going to go, both teams had a terrible start and never really recovered, did they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They it was a bit of a a, a, a shocker for in, in the initial few two or three weeks to see. uh the champions uh, team behave you know uh, and perform the way they did especially i would say csk more than mumbai indians why because if you look at the auction strategy and and the way the auctions were conducted by by both uh, mumbai as well as csk csk went in with the strategy that we will kind of you know get back all the players which they had most of the players that they had and and they kind of were successful also to doing the, in terms of the auctions they bought back most of the players which they originally had mumbai however had a different strategy they had uh, a few key players moved out to other franchise you saw that a lot of the changing chopping and changing happen happening within the core setup of mumbai so with an auction strategy point of view the disappointment with csk in those initial few um, weeks would have been much more given the fact that it was the same set of guys reappearing again and and not performing to the full tilt which you wanted it to mumbai indians they spent an awful lot of money on ishan kishan um at the mega auction didn't they and they let the likes of hardik pandya go and obviously yeah with hindsight the benefit of hindsight but even at the time they seemed like they'd put a lot of their faith into one player and he didn't really return the uh, the lack did he uh, in terms of the spend on him and then they see hardik pandya going somewhere else and lifting the trophy's captain that that will have hurt mumbai in terms of their strategic approach won't it 
yeah definitely it would so if you look at ishan kishan he had a breakout season in 2020 when the ua uh, when the ipl was in uae he got close to about 350 400 runs in that ipl but the one of the major criteria there that he was scoring at about 140 150 he was scoring at a very hefty fast pace right at the top of the innings uh, here he was quite inconsistent consistent this season and and even for the last last year uh, also he had a pretty bad season uh, but they're looking they were looking at him like a long term investment looking for a potential cap, uh, captain candidate in the seasons to come for mumbai so that was their thinking but unfortunately those investments didn't play dividends this this season he scored at a strike rate of 120 still had a season with 400 plus runs but wasn't very consistent like what mumbai indians fans and the management would have expected them like the breakout season that we had a couple of years back Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. We're going to concentrate mainly on the, the teams that finished in the top four uh, because they've had the, the better seasons. We've mentioned CSK and, and Mumbai Indians and, and the rest already. Delhi Capitals just missing out. I actually thought they'd have a better tournament than they they did in the end. But let's start. I mean, two new franchises in the in the tournament, Merv, as we said at the start of it. Um, Gujarat Titans, who we'll talk about towards the end as, as the winners. The look now super giants. I, I know I spoke to a couple of people before the, the tournament started and we had this theory that maybe one of those teams might cause a bit of a surprise but for both to get into the final four from a standing start that's enormous really isn't it I mean did they in retrospect did the fact that they had free reign at the mega auction did that mean that they came in fresh and they were able to really plan properly and and that bore fruit do you think yes I think um, the bulk part of the auction um, I mean bulk part of their uh, success this season has to be has to be given to the way that they went about with their auction strategy both teams had incredible depth especially Lucknow Super Giants a little bit more compared to Gujarat Titans they had a lot of depth both with bat as well as ball so with their auction strategies they got things right the big brains there Gautam Gambhir Vikram Solanki put together even for Gujarat Titans we had some uh, sorry Vikram Solanki was with, was with Gujarat but a lot of key uh, cricketing brains who put their mind behind the auction and I think they had a brilliant auction they would have had if not the best definitely in the top two top three sort of a, a kind of picks that they wanted a kind of balance that you want a right mix of uh, all-rounders uh, batsmen bowlers so they got a really good pick at the auction itself so that definitely has yes, played a part in in getting them into solid lineups and some of the decisions which were the other franchises took during the auction of letting go some key players uh, for whatever circumstances that also kind of played a part helping them 
in the auction strategy. And they, let's say, had, had free reign. They were able to pick their marquee players effectively from scratch, weren't they? And two of those for Lucknow Super Giants, uh, KL Rahul, who obviously previously had been very, very strong for the Punjab Kings as their captain, and then Quinton de Kock. They both had tremendous seasons, didn't they? And you need your star players to perform if you're going to have... I mean, you obviously need the other players to uh, chip in as well, but you, the, the, the successful teams have their stars performing consistently, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You need the you know the engine room of the batting, the top three to fire, and 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 uh, uh, for Lucknow Super Giants, it was a, that that sort of a season. Quinton De Kong and KL Rahul both having seasons where they have scored 500 plus runs was just brilliant. The place where they could have uh, tried a few things here and there, although they were not really very big certainties to finish in the top two, and they had to really struggle to get to that. Uh, they were had a very stiff competition with Rajasthan Royals there to get to get into that second position but I think towards the second half of the IPL we saw them slightly tapering down as a team and and I think that's the point where they could have slightly done a bit of experimentation with especially with their batting because if you look at Rahul, Quinton Decock and Deepak Huda were the top three consistently for most games they scored majority of their runs and they successfully did it especially batting first but when it comes when it came to chasing and when it came to the flexibility I found them are not very flexible with the kind of team that they had with the kind of balance running down to Jason Holder at number 8 number 9 uh, with so much of variety uh, at uh, on display they definitely could have been a little bit more flexible and adapt to the situation to the way that they wanted I mean for me another striking part is Marcus Stoinis Marcus Stoinis he, if you look at his overall record, if you look, just read the statistics, you will feel, okay, it's not that bad. 148 strike rate in 10 innings that he's played, he's done his job. No, he, he hasn't. That 148 strike rate is bumped up with four innings out of those 10. In those four innings, he has struck about 200. He was striking at 200. So you can imagine the remaining six innings, he was just scoring about run of the ball. Why? Because he hardly got any time in the middle. He came in at a stage where he hardly had any time to you know settle down and do anything. He was striking about runner ball in those six innings. And hence the overall number looks 148, which looks decent. But definitely there was a case of Stoinis moving slightly up in the order and, and, and playing a, a bit more destructive role and shifting around players with Kronal, Pandya, Badoni. There are a lot of options to play with. So just have to ensure that they get their flexibility in place then for the coming season. Uh, uh, that that was my point of view uh, when it came to Lucknow Super Giants. It's a brilliant team, both with the bat and ball. He always frustrates me, Marcus Stoinis. He's went on, on song, as you say, the four times that he scored 200 plus and um, when he bowls well, he can be a, a match winner. Um, but when he's not on song, he can actually go for quite a few with with the ball. And as you say, he can get a bit bogged down at times as well. And But I mean, I suppose the counter for that is, I mean, as, as a franchise, if you're looking at 14 group games and you get a player that can win you four of those, he's probably repaying the purse, isn't he, to some degree? Yeah, agree, agree. 100% agree. He's that sort of a marquee player who can make a difference. Uh, he's kind of liked the top of the order when it comes to Big Bash. Uh, for Perth, I guess he either opens or plays in the top three and has done brilliantly well. But with the IPL uh, in Delhi Capitals, also his previous franchise, he was designated to be that finisher role with Hetmeyer in the couple of years, last couple of years, where he did a decent job there as well. So, yeah, they would need to review. They've got brilliant resources on hand. They just need to review of how 
they strategize and who goes where and what they've learned from this season specifically. The emergence, emergence I can't say it, emergence of Mosin in their team as well, that big thing for them? Huge thing for him. I mean, uh, a left-arm quick bowler bowling at 150 kilometers per hour, uh, a few deliveries, average speed of 140 kilometers per hour, an economy rate of 5.97 that's mind-boggling. 5.97 is his overall economy rate. And in the closing overs, in the death overs, he doesn't go beyond nine runs and over. In terms of the economy rate, I mean, usually, I mean, you could probably get away with anything less than 10, can't you, as a bowler? But, yes. you know, generally speaking, it's been a decent season if you're eight or under. Seven or under is very, very good indeed. Six and under is just ridiculous, isn't it? Brilliant, brilliant. It's, it's just unbelievable. So that's why he's been a major, major find for them. My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Let's move on to the RCB. Now, the RCB have never won the IPL. Had all of those years under Virat Kohli as captain, flattered this. I mean, I was thinking actually today, if you picked your greatest ever T20 side, you'd probably have Chris Gale opening it, opening with somebody. And then you'd probably have Virat at three and AB de Villiers at four. They had the luxury of those two in their middle order in the powerhouse um, for a, a large chunk of their time and never really capitalised on that. And they looked good in periods in this um, campaign, but as always, they just fell short again, didn't they? Yeah, so I guess, uh, the, as you said, the limelight is always on the big boys and the big boys didn't come to the party often enough. They did come to the party. They did, you know, Faf Duplessy had a couple of 80, 90 sort of uh, performances in the first half of the IPL. Uh, Glenn Maxwell had a bit of uh, disappointing season, but a glimpses of a couple of things, what he could do. So the big boys didn't really fire like the way they should add. And they relied on the uh, on, on the likes of DK, Shabas to always bail them out game after game. And, and that strategy may not, you know, continuously work when you are playing a full-fledged season. Virat Kohli, this season, was striking at 116. The lowest in the decade. In the last decade, he's never uh, scored at that pace. He was literally struggling to you know, get runs and, and, and get the momentum up. And people were injecting momentum at the other end while he was playing, which is a it, very, it very rare phenomenon. Are we writing Vera off now? Or are we saying that this is just a bit of a lull in his career? Because he's been incredible, hasn't he? He's been the probably the best batsman on the planet for a large chunk of the last decade. And, you know, look, I mean, we'll talk about Joss Butler later, but he came second in the overall um, runs in a season um, for his stellar campaign in 2022 this year. But Vera Kohli's record for the most runs in a season, was it 2016? Um, absolutely astonishing. And will that ever be replicated? Can somebody ever score a thousand runs in an IPL? I, I, I don't think they probably can. Um, so at his best, he's he's great. He's legendary, but he's just having a poor, poor time, isn't he? It is. It is. It is. He's going through a real lull phase, and I believe he. Uh, I, I hope he does uh, bounce back uh, the way he used to play a few years back or maybe a couple of years back. But uh, this this definitely is the most lowest point in his white ball career. Because in the red ball, I would still go back to 2014 back in England where he really struggled and then he bounced back in, in terms of red ball cricket. But in white ball, 
surely this has to be one of his the low points of his career and 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 hope he bounces back quickly he doesn't usually settle for being poor does he so i imagine that there is nobody on the planet more you know more determined to get back to scoring big big runs than virat kohli at the moment so wish him well with that i actually thought when he had had his child um there's this thing called the nappy factor where it, yeah, because you've had a child, all of a sudden your 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 life changes and your priorities change. It maybe takes the pressure off the cricket, and I thought he would probably explode and be even better. But it's actually gone the other way for Virat at the moment. But I'm sure we'll see him scoring runs again. Uh, Dinesh Kartik, though, um, he has been exceptional, particularly in the first half of the IPL. I was looking at the stats regularly during the tournament, and he was going along at a ridiculous rate of knots. He was hardly dismissed in the early part of the IPL. He was playing some phenomenal cricket, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was just unbelievable. He was at a different level, and then that's why, on his own, single-handedly, I would, I would clearly say in that first half. Let's say if the first half consisted of eight games, clearly three to four games he has one on his own either uh, most of the time chasing but also some absolutely key key performances while batting first as well so a strike rate of 190 close to 200 and to do it consistently over a period of 14 games is is definitely not an easy task and uh, the uh, what you could also see which was very interesting is that whenever he's trying to strike a single even trying, he was so fluent. I mean, some of his shots, even to just jog a single, the stocks, uh, I mean, if you did not have those right fielders in the place, those just a tap towards a single, that could, could turn out to be a boundary on any other given day. That was his kind of form, at least in the first first quarter, uh, first half of the IPL, for sure. What, what it must be like to be able to time the ball that well. It must be fantastic. Um, we've got some questions coming in. Amit Doobie, hello to you, Amit, um, one of our regulars. He says, only two Indian players scored more than 400 runs in the campaign with a strike rate of 145+. plus. Um, Rahul Tripathi and Sanju Sampson, both are not in the T20 squad, he says, but Ishan Kishan is. So he's complaining there, he's old Amit, um, because we have dinosaurs for selectors, he says. What I mean, what are your opinions on that? <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, I, I agree with the sentiment around Rahul Tripathi for sure. Rahul Tripathi, season after season, has delivered an I, IPL. Uh, and if you look at his career from right from 2016, 2017 onwards, he has been that performer uh, which has which he's carried the team. In fact, when he played for KKR last season. Uh, he was under uh, in in the final versus CSK. He was suffering with cramps and and, and completely dehydrated. Uh, but single-handedly, he was trying to. He was the only hope trying to chase down 13, 14 runs and over in that final in Dubai. Uh, that shows you the kind of form and the and the kind of commitment that he has. So he's, I would say, really unfortunate to miss. In uh, uh, an, an India sport, there Sanju Samson had a bit of a, a, a off season in terms of he had short impactful seasons. You know he had short innings with uh, Im, uh, you know impact. We we normally see Sanju scoring those big seventies, eighties, nineties. We didn't see that this season. It was short innings is about 30, 40 and he was trying to uh, up the scoring rate. So even we saw him on record saying in a couple of post match presentations that uh, he along with the management, have defined a different role while Butler is uh, going ballistic at the other end. So there was a bit of a different approach uh, forcefully on his end. He also is a very good pick and uh, also very unfortunate to miss uh, the Indian spot, for sure. Let's move on to the Rajasthan Royals, who have had a tremendous 
um, IPL 2022. It kind of seemed fitting, obviously, after the death of Shane Warne, it, that his team at the very start of the IPL came up trumps for him and took, uh, well, got a position all the way through to the final, obviously finishing as the uh, runners-up. Amit, who um, sent the question in there, mentioned Sanju Samson. He's had um, a very good season as well for Rajasthan, hasn't he? And uh, has been one of their... We'll talk about Joss Butler towards the end of this because we can talk about him all, all year, I think, Joss Butler. But Sanju Samson, some words on him. Uh, from a strike rate perspective, he's improved quite a bit. Like He was scoring at about 150, 160 plus. And for to do it consistently throughout the season is a massive, massive uh, uh, achievement to do it. But there's one specific area which he's you know, kind of improved a lot and it's come a long way. Usually, uh, when it comes to spinners or playing against spin, most captains would want to turn the ball away or take the ball away from your hitting arc. That's the general matchup in T20 all over the world, which captains kind of follow. Uh, what we saw last year and the years before that, that uh, Sanju against leg spinners and left arm spinners, uh, being a right-hander and the ball would be taken away from him, uh, away from his hitting arc, was kind of rotating strike and, and scoring at about 80-90 strike rate and giving an opportunity to the guy at the other end to go gung-ho. This season, what we saw is, for for some, uh, for some reason, he really took on the attack even against the wrist spinner bowling away from him, was scoring at about 130-140. So, he his mindset and his approach this year with that redefined role within the Royals camp was that he has to play short, impactful innings. If he plays and, and it plays over long innings, it's fine. But it was a very clear role of playing short innings, but very impactful in terms of very high strike rate. And, and that's what the kind of mantra uh, they kind of followed even right towards the end, even in the final. And, and, and that's a key difference, if you see, between that approach and the KL Rahul approach. The KL Rahul approach will give you runs. And, and you've seen a lot of pundits, a lot of uh, uh, chatter over social media about the approach of KL Rahul. And, and, and there's been a heavy amount of criticism also. And for the right reasons. So there have been a lot of pundits like Sanjay Manjrekar and they've kind of said that Rahul should not be playing longer, but he has to play faster. So in, in, the, in the effort of playing faster... He can play a shorter innings, an impactful innings, rather than playing a long innings. So that's been I, a difference. I, I, I between think with KL, approach. though, and I, I don't, I get your opinion on his this current season, but in his previous um, uh, incarnations with Punjab Kings, Kings Eleven, whatever they've been called down the years, I always felt that he didn't trust his middle order, and he therefore had to see it through himself. He felt he had to take the responsibility. Has he had the same kind of mentality this time? It looks uh, it looks this way, but they really did not. Like, as we mentioned about Lucknow Super Giants, the kind of depth and the kind of talent and the skill that guys like Huda, Krunal Pandya, Stoinis, Jason Holder, these are uh, household names in T20 cricket. And, and they could do the damage like they've done for their previous franchise. So, uh, lack of trust with Punjab, I can understand. But definitely not, uh, shouldn't be having that with like LSG I, for sure. I could definitely understand it with Punjab Kings because they, they always let him down. But anyway, um, and especially when they, when they needed three off the last over, they even let him down. The uh, Bolt and Krishna power play squeeze. Pivotal yeah. for Rajasthan Royals. I mean, Trent Bolt's incredible, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he's very accurate. But uh, yeah, bowling is important, isn't it? I mean, we always seem to concentrate uh, largely on the batting and people scoring centuries. And we'll talk about Joss Butler in a second. But you need your bowlers too. 
Yes, and then what a partnership for Royals, which has turned out this season. I mean, Prasid Krishna has been an improving bowler uh, season by season. Even last season for KKR, uh, he did quite well. But the way that he's, uh, you know, uh, kind of partnered together with uh, Trent Bolt in that power play, both of them have been conceding below six and a half consistently. Now that tells, that speaks volumes. That tells you that they are not tell, giving the opposition any momentum in that power play. When teams are trying to score 50 in that first six, these two guys uh, either picking up a wicket each or a one wicket between themselves and tying them down to under 40, which means they really have to make that play in the middle overs. And, and the fact that they've been doing consistently uh, and, and the fact that they have Chahal and Ashwin coming in those middle overs. That's been one of their brilliant successes this season. They're one of those rare teams who have gone with this five-bowler combination and they don't really have to go with uh, for a sixth bowler or a seventh bowler option just in case one of them is having an off day. And that really, that really helps your balance as well, doesn't it? If you can rely on your five premier bowlers to deliver more often than not, it means you can add an extra batsman. You can really start to actually play around with your um, your middle order and what have you, and and, and your batting's better as well, isn't it? Um, Amit's come back in. I like this. I like this suggestion. He says Kale Rahul is the batting equivalent of a Ferrari, but he's happy to be a Toyota. No disrespect to Toyota, but um, uh, I can see where he's coming from with that because he's got all of the shots, hasn't he? When he wants to have, he's got all of the shots, but um, yeah, he doesn't quite um, always go along at the strike rate. I mean, going back to your your KL Rahul comments there about batting and batting too slowly. You very rarely see a team get bowled out in T20, do you? Um, and most teams in T20 count, you know, back down to eight, nine, probably even 10 and 11 on occasions. You can rely on your lower order to fire. In in reality, really, I mean, we we always talk about the top three because they have the power plays and they are the, the engine room and the in the top order. But they can may, maybe be a little bit more reckless because they do have people coming in further down. And maybe that's where KL, as we say, doesn't necessarily trust the people coming in further down and wants to do it all himself. Yeah, I mean, and, and I really can't, uh, you know, believe with this LSG setup, definitely when there are so many resources uh, who can handle the bat you know if you really dig uh, dig, dig deep into that batting order of LSG. You have guys like Avish Khan can hold the bat and, and they can kind of score. I mean, they, their primary job is to bowl and bowl those four overs. But if need be, for eight, ten, nine balls, if they are required and down in the 18th, 19th over, they can still swing the back, uh, bat around. I mean, so, uh, and the, it's more, for Kale Rahul, it's more about the mindset. You know, a lot of these pundits have also mentioned when he plays for India, he knows these big guns, Rishabh Pant, Hardik, Hardik Pandya and the celebrated top half of the batting is there and his mindset and his approach in a T20 international is very different than what he does in a, within an IPL franchise and I think he just needs to be uh, replicating that mindset when he plays uh, within the IPL as well. Two questions before we move on to Rajasthan Royals, Murth. The, um I know where you live. That sounds sinister, doesn't it? I know where you live. Are you an RCB fan? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. I am an RCB fan. A disappointed RCB fan this season. So, I mean, going back to our conversation about RCB, will they ever win it? So, they need to ensure that the big boys fire. I mean, this year, they had a very well-rounded team, to be very honest. They're bowling the overs which Glenn Maxwell and Shabazz was giving them, was helping them balanced the team brilliantly. They were filling in some overs of uh, uh, Siraj who had an awful season. 
So they had a pretty well-rounded bowling attack from a bowling perspective. Hazelwood is going from strength to strength when it comes to white ball uh, cricket. And they had a good mix of, you know, uh, uh, seam as well as spin options this year. And the bowling could deliver nine times out of ten and has delivered nine times out of ten, uh, even in the future and even in this season. Uh, from a batting standpoint, I think that's where those big guys, uh, if they be a bit more consistent, that's where I get uh, they can actually uh, challenge to get into that silverware finally. They would need those big guys to fire and fire consistently. Other question I wanted to ask you was, uh, there's a lot of talk in the UK about England's travails in Test cricket at the moment. Can they get back to winning ways? Can they actually score some runs? Is it the fault of the county championship? And I've had many a discussion because I'm a big supporter of the domestic uh, structure in, in the UK. And I think that a lot of that is that, I mean, I'm a Yorkshire fan in England and Yorkshire been around for hundreds of years, 150 something. I've not been around for quite that long. But the... There is that loyalty, that long-term investment in a team. Your team, you kind of support them through the ups and downs. You know the downs. You're an RCB fan. But the, <laughs> that um, thick and thin approach means that you have that bond with that side. I know there are Indians who follow their franchises regardless of who their players are. But, you know, the mega auction could rip them apart, have a whole new set of personnel, and you as an RCB fan will, will support whoever's wearing the shirt. But I also know there are... Um, fans in franchise cricket who um, have maybe, I don't know, say MSD, who is the high, highest profile cricketer and probably the most supported cricketer in India. If he left CSK and went to the Delhi Capitals, for example, a lot of those fans would suddenly become Delhi Capitals fans because they're MSD fans, effectively. Is that how it works, you think? Yeah, I, I would I would definitely presume so. Uh, franchise cricket, uh, there is, a, as you mentioned, a very high percentage fans, uh, no matter who would wear this shirt, they will keep supporting that team. But there is a significant chunk of franchise cricket fans all around the world who uh, support a franchise because of a, because of a certain personality. And, and that's definitely... I saw one uh, tweet recently when somebody, um, uh, somebody who does not really follow franchise cricket and he was very up and honest about it. Uh, he mentioned that he can't understand that he doesn't even see half of the squad of core Karnataka players playing for RCB. And and we have, you know, uh, uh, less than 25% of the players who are uh, who have played or who, who are based out of Karnataka for Bangalore. And then there was an apt reply from most of the guys saying that uh, franchise cricket is that way. Like, you know, you have core uh, players who've been from that region, but you also have a bigger chunk of fan following because of an XYZ X-Factor player uh, who's who's been playing there and who's been associated with that franchise and has be, uh, technically had a second home there. So tomorrow, as you mentioned, if Delhi Capitals has MS Dhoni, you would see a big chunk of the followers moving there. Comment here. Your deject dejected face, Merv, shows the face of a man who is bogged down by hope of an RCB win for 15 straight years. Ah, oh, that's, that's a nice comment, isn't it? We should talk about Joss Butler, shouldn't we? Because he has had a phenomenal season, the Englishman. Four centuries, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, that that's a season which you would want to die for, really. 800-plus uh, runs, 50-plus uh, average uh, and and, we, and you know what uh, Butler can do when he bats deep. So, uh, yeah, and one very interesting thing which he also mentioned in one of the post-match presentations, I think it was uh, during the qualifier, the second qualifier, he has seen himself doing two roles during the course of the season. He's either 
on, on a certain given day assessed the opposition the wicket and the situation and then gone bang 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 right in the power play or he's also done the opposite uh, which he did against uh, uh, one of the games in Eden Gardens where in the first half of the uh, of his innings he was going at a run a ball or slightly over a run a ball and then he really tore apart uh, and and he really became the butler that we all uh, know him so internally within himself as a mindset he has been flexible and he has been kind of adjusting and readjusting his role beautifully well and and to add to all of that because he is blessed with such amazing hand eye coordination that uh, has enabled his skill versus mindset what a perfect marriage and combination that has been for uh, royals this year do you think he's the best white ball batsman in the world at the moment I would, I would say so. I would say so, definitely. You'd, in the kind of form fi- that he is. Yeah, you'd struggle to... F- I mean, I think over the long term, he's been very good. He's been right up there. And the ICC rankings don't necessarily always suggest that, but that depends on how you play, how many games you play and various other things, isn't it? But for me, um, if I was picking a World eleven right now in terms of white ball, he'd be the first name on the team sheet because I just think he's, he's an incredible player. My only concern is that um, because he's done so well in the IPL, like they did in 2018, they'll suddenly think, oh, he's a test player again. And I think Joss Butler, you give him one ball to think about, one ball to focus on, one colour ball, and I think he's wonderful. I think if you start to confuse him by changing the colour of the balls and he has to try and change his technique from week to week, I think that's when he gets a little bit confused and bamboozled. I think if we if we just let uh, Joss stay as a white ball player in England, ultimately give him the captaincy of England after Owen Morgan retires, I think we will see a wonderful Joss Butler over the next few years in uh, English white ball cricket yeah. and indeed in further IPLs. You know, as I mentioned, his mindset was so very... Uh, crystal clear this season and and a crystal clear mindset going with that sort of skill set uh, he can be an absolute uh, game changer and plus you also have to account for a fact that he's also played in big finals big ICC finals big big stage games uh, uh, where you have sudden death situations as well so from a mental perspective he's gone over his course of his career he's played those big ones as well so he has the mentality for a for a big game and uh, if a clear mindset if he is going to go be concentrating on uh, white ball cricket uh, he can be an absolute uh, legend in the he's already a legend he can uh, scale much more heights in the coming years yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that think I don't like him I think he's an immense player I just think he I don't think he's ever possessed that clear mindset in test cricket and uh, been fantastic to see him perform like he has done let's move on then to the winners Gujarat Titans, who uh, who weren't even a thing, were they? <laughs> Just a few uh, a few months ago, Gujarat Titans. Uh, it created, and um, they recruited their players, and they had their grounds. And away they go, and they win the thing at the first attempt, just like Rajasthan Royals did all the way back in 2008. Hardik Pandya, um, we spoke about him earlier when we talked about the uh, the Mumbai Indians there. But I, I get, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of comparison what we said about KL Rahul, but he's taken responsibility this season, hasn't he? He's obviously as the captain, he's he's shouldered the burden of maybe not being quite as flamboyant and hitting the sixes that we maybe come accustomed to with Hardik Pandya. He's shown a lot more maturity. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, uh, one very interesting thing which came out of uh, yesterday, last night's uh, post-match presentation, uh, when he mentioned the fact that right at the start of the season, when the think tank were strategizing after the auction, they decided that he would bat uh, in top three or, or at number three, number four. And it's not that they just that they decided at the start of the season. He also went on to say that in his uh, local cricket, he's actually batted at 
that three four position and it's and it's not an alienated position for him he he knows the uh, the know how and and what needs to be done batting at number 3 and number 4 in a t20 game game he has done it at a lower levels and and because gujarat titans went went in with that strategy kind of helped him you never have seen hardik pandya scoring at about 130s and and carrying the you know uh, carrying the shape of that middle order giving full freedom to the guys of uh, likes of miller tevatia rashid to uh, play their natural game and to express themselves so that's been uh, one that, major, that's major the, that's the luxury sorry that's the, that's the luxury that gujarat titans had though isn't it because they had the finishes um, and hardik can bat properly can't he so it made sense yeah. didn't it to move him up and allow the likes of the millers and tevatias to to play the Hardik Pandya role that he's we've seen him play previously. And I mean, mentioning Rahul Tuatia, I always love him. I, I think he's tremendous. I always think of that knock that he played um, for... Was, yeah, at, at, at Sharjah. It's incredible knock, wasn't it? The commentators were writing him off after about 13 balls. He'd already scored a run and they were saying, oh, he's got to get out. This is embarrassing. And then just scroll on about 30 minutes and he'd won the match after hitting, uh, was it five sixes or whatever in the final over. He is somebody... I mean, he failed the fitness test in for India, otherwise he might have played a bit more international cricket by now because Virat's got very high standards in terms of fitness but his role for Gujarat Titans is uh, is been pretty special pretty special and he's worked on different dimensions of his game as well which is why uh, which would have helped him you know at the start of the season what you saw is that you generally uh, you see his strong shot is always the the high cover mid wicket or the where the bottom hand comes into the play and and that's his strong area that's always been the case you saw that even in this season but what he's also kind of opened up a bit of a diaphragm in his 360 degrees horizon he started to be more fluent through the offside as well where that's added a, a major major dimension to his game and to add to all of this he's also flourished against spinners now what we saw statistically is that previously he used to just nurdle the ball around not necessarily go after the spinners that much this season you saw that he's improved that game he's sweeping the ball well sweeping reverse sweeping all these shots have been additionally that he's worked hard and and worked against and that's made him even more dangerous than what he used to because he's re- been in a situation in this season where he has to kind of make sure that there is not a collapse towards the end uh, plus chasing 14 15 runs and over so that balance of defend and attack or nurdle and attack both against pace and spin uh, has been a dream season for him and and his bowling's decent as well isn't it yeah we, we kind of he hits the headlines for these finishing knocks with the bat but he's a very dependable bowler too isn't he so he's a, a big part of uh, any team that has him i think um going forward let's finish with um with david miller um for gujarat titans i think he's been their player of the season he's hit some incredible knocks towards the end of it there was one I was looking at some photos yesterday there was the mic drop after one of the the finishes but he was there at the end yesterday too he did try and finish it with a six and didn't time it and allowed uh, Shubman Gill to hit the winning runs in the end didn't he but I know David Miller from um, when he had a year at Yorkshire he played in the T20 blasts um, for Yorkshire um, one season and he he was terrific that season he hits the ball so hard when he's when he's firing and his timing's there, there is no fielding to David Miller. And he's had a period in the IPL where he's maybe not quite hit the big, you know, got the big headlines and not quite found his feet. Gujarat Titans took a punt on him and they've been richly rewarded, haven't they, this season? Yeah, so that's another brilliant example of, you know, uh, adding another feather onto the cap and and developing and and recrafting some of the skills that you had. And as you mentioned, there are very few players who can hit the ball as hard as Miller. But he, a lot of the captains when he had that lull period in the IPL, 
decided that they would try and uh, introduce spin against uh, Miller and definitely taking the uh, off spinners, uh, taking the ball away from him. He's not really well versed, uh, a bit of an uh, alienated situation to start off with spin straight away because he's quite quite comfortable with pace. But that has been one amazing ch- turnaround or change that he's done uh, where he's kind of play- playing spin also quite well. Playing the necessary uh, attacking shots against spin has added that dimension to his game. And uh, since, 20, as you mentioned, he, the lull period, the lull period has was an extended lull period for period for him. Uh, he's, his strike rate this season is 148. And the last time he was striking the ball like this uh, in, a, in an overall season was back in 2015. So that's yeah. how long that lull period was. And, he was, and as you rightly said, there were not many franchises who would have him as a first choice at the start of the season. But he's a different commodity now. And I noticed as well, I mean, he was playing for Yorkshire in 2012. I think it was the season he played for Yorkshire. And I remember him telling me that he he, he liked to take his time at the start, um, find his way in, maybe hit a few singles, go along and run a ball and then explode after he got his eye in. But I think during that period where he did have that lull, I think he maybe took on too many big shots and yeah, paid the price because he was playing too risky cricket and then maybe lost a bit of confidence. But you could see in this campaign, it wasn't just shut your eyes and swing stuff. He was thinking as well, wasn't he? Yes, yes. So there was a lot of thought process and calculation happening. And and in the and that's why he could ace so many chases, um, knowing which is the big... Because there was a lot of dynamics during those, uh, in, you know, in the, in the games in uh, Mumbai because of so many games being conducted in Mumbai and we had to play on different strips on each day. So the, the calculation was very uh, apt. If there is a if there is a particular area which is shorter boundary, uh, if there is an area where there is a longer boundary, which bowlers he can target. So there was a lot of calculative thinking which was happening uh, on his end as well as in Tevatia's end, and and that has always been a standout you know feature of this IPL, the chase masters and the and the way the Gujarat Titans middle order, the much celebrated middle order, four Hardik, five Miller, six Tevatia and seven Rashid Khan. These four, I mean, would definitely get attention because of doing thing, doing this consistently in this course of this IPL. I mean, Rashid Khan's a monster, isn't he, with the bat? He hits it in ridiculous, hits it anywhere he can. You know, you, bowl a, you can bowl a ball two foot outside of his off stump and it disappears over fine legs somehow because he just has uh, strange wrists and very strange shots, but it's very effective, isn't it? And then you've got his bowling. He's rather good. And he was rather excited yesterday, Merv, wasn't he, Rashid Khan? He's played in the IPL a lot. He's always taken the headlines. Sometimes batsmen sit on him and he doesn't necessarily take the wickets that he might otherwise do. But he said it was the biggest moment of his career. Probably you can't argue with that, can you? Good job, Titan. And so the right winners, I mean, they topped the group, they won the tournament. They, you can't really go too yeah. far beyond them in terms of saying that they don't justify winning it. Absolutely. They definitely do justify winning it. Because for me, while growing up, uh, the champions, the champion teams that I've seen is that Steve Waugh team uh, in white ball cricket as well as in red ball cricket, where you had, uh, if you look at the 2003 campaign and the 2007 campaign in the ODI format, you had different players putting their hands up. You had Gilchrist one day, you had Simons the other day, If you, you had somebody else, you know, giving them that complete performance. And that's what you saw with Gujarat Titans this season. You had different players uh, putting their hands up consistently seeing their three, uh, you know teams home there were some games this season where they were actually they have actually snatched victory out of jaws of defeat literally uh, I mean, a situation where 21 is to get in six six balls uh, again sunrises hyderabad where umran malik has picked up five wickets as rashid khan stole that game 
and you had Gujarat winning where nobody would have decided or nobody would have thought about it. That's that's one of the great things I think about T20s. You get that that word momentum, isn't it? But you get that belief that you can win from anywhere. And when it's going your way and the season's going your way, you can basically win any match from almost any single position as you go through it. I'm going to finish then with some quick fire questions to you. And uh, I want quick fire answers, if that's okay. Who was your batsman of the tournament? Don't we have, don't uh, have to worry about Ram stats. Dewa. Your gut reaction here. Who was the batsman of the tournament? Are you going for Raul Tuati? The bowler of the tournament. Bowler of the tournament, Mohsin Khan. Mohsin Khan for you. MVP, all round impact on the tournament. Uh, Josh Butler. Josh Butler is your MPV, MVP even. Um, and your moment of the tournament, Merv, if you could basically relive a moment of the IPL that you've just watched, your favourite yeah. moment of the IPL would be? My favourite moment of the IPL would be the game between Lucknow Super Giants versus KKR, where KKR almost pulled off an absolute screamer, chasing 20-odd runs. Marcus Toynus finishing the game with that wicket of Omesh Yadav. That's it. That was an unreal game. Uh, KKR almost did the unreal thing. Well, I wish you well with RCB next season. Um, I wish myself well with Mumbai Indians. They've got, they must do better um, than they did uh, this time around. Um, and Gujarat Titans, very, very well played. IPL 2022 winners. And as we've just said, fully deserved. And uh, I, I don't know if you follow football, Merv. Just one final point. Um, we saw Nottingham Forest get promoted to the Premier League um, after winning the playoff final yesterday. And Steve Cooper, who's their manager, has done an incredible job, picked them up when they were bottom of the table, took them up the table into the playoffs and in, into the Premier League. He said, I've got two things to say to you. Um, go and spend some time with your families. They're the ones out there that are going to be most proud of you. So make sure you go and spend some proper moments with them. And then he said, and welcome to the Premier League. And they all went, ah. Nice to see the families around the team at Gujarat last night. Hardik Pandya and his uh, his other half showing a very long embrace and a stroll around the boundary edge. Because uh, as I you know, speak to a lot of players, and they always say the inspirations to them, fathers, wives, girlfriends, family, friends, they're important, aren't they? And it's a, a IPL is a big franchise tournament. There's loads of money in it, but those families matter, don't they? It is, and especially when in a, a tournament as we as we started, we we thought it's a, it's a long tournament, eight nine weeks, and it could be longer uh, in case if uh, there's some decisions taken. So during that period, during those ups and downs, I think family is the best support that you have, the inspiration uh, that you would want to have around and and because they've been allowed in the bio bubble uh, with uh, uh, within the regulations it, it is definitely a key element for any performance for any cricketer it would almost be against the um, human rights of somebody if they didn't allow their families into the bio bubbles for that extent of time wouldn't it be like being in prison or even more so because bio bubbles are not pleasant as we've talked about a lot over the last two years Merv it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast today interesting to chat to you about the IPL 2022 I'm sure we'll have you on uh, if that's okay in the future to talk about IPLs and uh, Indian cricket etc but thanks for joining me today absolute honour to be here and yes really looking forward to whenever I get a chance again good to talk to you thanks for uh, watching and listening everybody out there if you if you only ever listen you can look on the twitter feed and watch the video and what have you of us chatting unedited earlier on today because we had that little pause halfway through where merv was reconnecting out that'll probably disappear out the podcast but you watches get to watch me floundering around trying to talk for five minutes while merv's reconnecting good to have you with us everybody out there thank you to everybody out there in the ipl for giving us entertainment over the last nine weeks make it a little bit shorter maybe in the future i've been james the cricket badger thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon sports social podcast network